0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Pastor Toby Sumter. And Toby, it's an honor to have you on with us today.
1: Thanks, Dan. It's always good to talk to you.
0: Some of our listeners may recognize you. Um, You write a blog called Having Two Legs. Cool name. And you're also part of the Cross Politic Podcast. And do you care to just describe that cross-politic podcast for a couple minutes?
1: I would be very glad to. Yeah, this is a uh, kind of a hobby that has grown into something quite a bit bigger. But uh, (laughs) uh, me and and two other gentlemen here in the uh, Moscow, Idaho community uh, started a podcast back in 2016. So we've been going now for uh, however long that is, a few years. Yeah. and um, but the idea was basically um, seeing a need for um, Christians who are committed to the authority of the Bible um, and its authority over all of life, taking taking that and applying it to the public square. And and so um, what began as a once a week um, conversation between the three of us with occasional interviews of people in public places. Um, is now a, a, a daily show uh, monday through Friday um, you can find it at crosspolitik.com and uh, we're we also have an app um, that you can search your your app store uh, we, we call the the name of our so we've sort of started a network that we call fight laugh feast it's kind of our 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 tagline because we are um, we do want to engage in in the in the culture war but we are also wanting to do it uh, uh, in a winsome way and a joyful way we want to be uh, jolly uh, warriors, so that's why we got the tagline Fight, Laugh, Feast. But if you search Fight, Laugh, Feast in an app store, you can download our app, and then you catch our shows, and then we have a few other friends that do some shows as well. But trying to apply God's Word uh, to all of life, particularly the public square, politics, public policy, that's, that kind of thing.
0: Yes, um, this is important stuff. Um, some Some folks tend to think that Christianity – is only for the four walls of the church, and it, it's just uh, us and Jesus. And while that's extremely important, <laughs> have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Uh, it extends way past that, doesn't it?
1: it? It sure does, Dan. I mean, and I think you know the the, the Great Commission, uh, the, the the last uh, commands that Jesus gave to his apostles and and to our and to the church, you know, is really clear about that. That because. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. We're to go and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to obey everything that He's commanded, and um, and so that applies to everything. And, and of course, nations you know, that that itself implies not only the hearts and the minds, but also the uh, the, the society, the the public square, the culture, what yeah. the entertainment, the arts, um, all of it uh, needs to be. Uh, taking captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ, as Paul says in Second Corinthians.
0: That should be important to Christians today, because uh, Toby, it's it's not been that long since uh, we went through COVID, right. and some of the governors, particularly where I live, New York State, uh, well, became very authoritarian and right. told us what we could do as a church. You know, <laughs> yep. they, they're, the ones that say separation of church and state were telling us what right. we could do as a church. It was a strange turn of events. Uh, rather than the biblical ideal of, of the man of God informing the civil magistrate what his responsibilities before Almighty God are, right. uh, they had it so reversed. Well, today we're talking with Pastor Toby Sumter, and uh, the other day, Toby one of your postings uh, had to do with a very simple but profound concept, and it, and it comes from the book of Malachi. Could you explain that to our listeners?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a striking and, and glorious thing, I think, that um, our English Bibles close with um, that final prophecy of Malachi, and, and the closing words of Malachi's prophecy – um, um, are this really wonderful promise, uh, which is that, um, that there's going to be, God is going to come, and before he comes, he's going to send a messenger, someone who's going to prepare the way. and um, But when that messenger comes, um, then um, God is going to um, turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to, to their fathers, and, mm. and then it closes. Lest I come and strike the earth with a curse, and um, and then in Luke, um, Luke's gospel, um, uh, um, the, he, he says that that in fact was being fulfilled with the coming of John, yes. John the Baptist, and so um, so you know putting that together, the you know the the, the great curse of sin um, uh, that began with Adam and has infected. Every every family um, um, descended from Adam uh, that that curse has been dealt with by Jesus on the cross. He became a curse um, for our curse, and and Malachi says that one of the central um, uh, effects of Jesus taking that curse is to remove the curse between the generations. Hmm. Uh, that that the sin that infects all our families. Jesus died to take away so that the sins of fathers might be taken away, and the sins of children, the sins of mothers, the sins of sons and daughters, such that um, we might be reconciled to one another uh, in our families. Mm.
0: That's a beautiful thing. Um, A a, um, picture came to my mind as I heard you talk, and that was uh, our grandchildren attend church with us um, yeah. because their parents do, and uh, at least a couple of our kids are in the same church. Um, and the little kiddies they enjoy singing, and and, yeah. and I mean with the congregation. And yeah. we, we have a uh, one that's I forget I think he's three year old. He he was sitting on my wife's lap the other day, uh, listening to the sermon and he was being a very good boy and he was taking it in and i was amazed um my wife described it to me and i didn't even notice we were in the same row but you know there's so many kids and everything i i didn't notice yeah. and so anyway but now and then i hear um because sometimes we sing the same songs and the kids start to learn it and yep. and they kind of belt it out and it's it's like um sounds of the kingdom it's it's wonderful uh, so anyway, um, this is a big deal Turning the hearts of the fathers to their children And the children to their fathers And you know what I, I haven't really noticed before But it stood out today as you read it uh, He says, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse Right. Oh my, uh, God uh, Let's talk about it more God, God really sees this as important, doesn't he?
1: Absolutely, Dan. And, and there's you know, going back to uh, you know, earlier in the New in the Old Testament, of course. Um, God actually specifically warns about um, both on the one hand um, what disobedience can do in families, um, uh, particularly uh, for example, um, those who um, worship idols. In the in the Second Commandment, God um, yeah. says that um, you know he, he visits the the that kind of sin. To the third and fourth generations, yeah, Um, and um, and then, but but then, um, of course, the the opposite, the reverse, is that God also remembers mercy um, to thousands.
0: Yeah, praise God.
1: And um, and I think one of the things that I've thought about with that promise in mind, in particular, as I've talked to families and and, uh, and and parents, particularly as they. Uh, are raising children wherever they are, whether they've just begun or maybe their children are older and, and maybe they're facing challenges. Um, is I I think there's a a fundamental difference between facing the task of parenting, um, in, in facing the task of parenting either between uh, parenting in faith and parenting in fear, and and we live in such um crazy times i mean you're talking about covid a minute ago and yeah. and that, and that kind of uh, public and political upheaval um but of course there's all kinds of cultural um turmoil and you know rioting and uh and and violence but but also um ideological threats um uh you know the, the all the sexual confusion and the transgender stuff and the drag queens and you know, all these kind of things there's there's plenty out there that a parent, uh, you know, uh, could look at that and just freak out, <laughs> yes, um, just just absolutely freak out and and, and be full of fear, um, because but uh, because that's because there really is a curse. I mean, there really is a curse on um, when when you when you have unconfessed sin, when you have um, when you let that sin build up. It's it's kind of like an electrical charge that builds. Yes. Um, in a, in a family between generations. And what it naturally does is it divides. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes it just divides in kind of a cold war. You just want, you want to get distance from your parents. You want to get distance mm-hmm. from your siblings. You just, you just don't want to remember being with them because there's so many hard memories, Yeah. but that, but often that, that electrical charge builds and builds and builds. And then it blows <laughs> and and you have you know open um, animosity and hatred and bitterness and and sometimes even violence between um, uh, parents and children and, and siblings and so forth and and I think that that's what that curse is talking about, and I think that's why um, Jesus died Jesus was crucified um, because there's no other way for that electrical charge to be. Um, released safely. Mm, mm. It, it, it's like God sent his only son to be the great um, uh, lightning rod yeah. <laughs> um, in, in history so that everyone who looks to him, um, God promises to take all the animosity, all the enmity, all the bitterness, all the curse, and and transfer it to his son um, in the crucifixion so, so that that tension can be completely done away with. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, one of the pictures that, that Jesus actually uses explicitly is the one that's given in, uh, he, he points back to Numbers 21 where he says, like the serpent that was lifted up in the wilderness, the, the Son of Man will be lifted up. Yeah. Um, and and everyone who looks, if you, if you remember, there were these serpents that were, you know, biting the uh, Israelites and they were being poisoned and they were dying. And they had this venom in them. They had this um, this this um, evil in them, and, and yet when Moses um, took a, a bronze serpent and pierced it on a pole, so that the, the picture of their curse is put to death, mm-hmm. and they looked there in faith, the poison that was in them, God took away. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, that's what I'm going to do. So Jesus became a curse, meaning when you see somebody dying from execution— you see, I mean, you don't think, when you see the guy in the orange jumpsuit, you know, <laughs> behind bars, you think, that guy must have done something horrible. And Jesus, it's like Jesus was, you know, put in an electric chair. Jesus was given um, the first century equivalent of lethal injection. Yes. Um, and and that means he was made the spectacle uh, of a cursed man, of someone who was wicked, even though he wasn't wicked. and. Yeah. Um, And the the promise, though, is if you see him standing in your place, taking the just wrath of God for your sins, for the sins of your dad, the sins of your mom, the sins of your granddad, the sins of your grandma, your aunt, your uncle, all the ways in which that sin infiltrates and infects our families, um, God promises to take away the electrical charge. He promises to take away the infection, to take away the poison, remove the curse completely. And that means that fellowship and harmony can be restored between children and their fathers, children and their mothers, and families can actually be happy places, places of joy and light. And I think that all begins just with believing that God really can heal whatever is broken in your family.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, um, being in radio myself, we um, have to ground our equipment. And it all has to be bonded together, and then with respect to a single point, so that if you do get a lightning strike, all the all the potential of the equipment kind of f- floats together as that charge drifts off into the ground. And its grounding is so crucial, and if you don't get it right, your equipment will be burned up. Uh, during lightning strikes and i i really like that metaphor of the electrical charge and how jesus is the solution there <laughs> uh... he takes the lightning strike for us. behind my house here we have a very large pine tree and now that thing is dead several years ago uh... that thing took a very powerful lightning strike and it went to the heart of it went down the outside of it ripped a line all the way down eventually it died and now the turkey vultures like to go and sit in the top. But eventually wow. that tree's gonna kind of come down. It just yeah. couldn't stand up to that strike, you know. Um, today we're talking with Pastor Toby Sumter. Um, we're we're really focusing on children and how God works in our families. Um, what about that mom and dad that uh, gets a little? on each other's nerves. Maybe they've let the pressures get to them. Who knows? Whatever reason. And yeah. they've kind of reached an impasse. Um, I I want to say, has that ever happened to you? But I won't be quite that personal. But what about uh, those parents, those uh, husband and wives out there that really want to get over this impasse that they're starting to experience?
1: Yeah. Well, the, the thing that I always I, I tell parents is that, You know, when you have children, um, you're going to share with them whatever you have with your spouse. Mm. So if you have warm fellowship, um, then that's what you're bringing your children into and your children will grow into sharing that warm fellowship. But, um, if there's static, if there's tension, if there's an impasse, um, that isn't dealt with in a healthy way in a godly way then, um, then children are, children are multipliers. (laughs) They, they, they multiply what you have. Um, and, and so again, fellowship will be multiplied if you have fellowship and there's, and then, um, static and tension and anxiety and anger and bitterness will be multiplied if, if that's what you have. So number one, it's just really important to recognize that there really is no way, um, to, to say, well, all right, we're just going to keep this tension or this, impasse to ourselves and and try to protect the kids i mean obviously you don't you you do want to try to protect the kids
0: but Mm, mm. um
1: but if you don't deal with it it's ultimately is going to affect the kids there's not really any way you can um you can keep it from doing that um but i think the answer is um uh, uh all um our fellowship christian fellowship is fundamentally found in the father through his son jesus by the holy spirit amen that's that's what real fellowship is, real friendship, real community. And First yeah. um, John one is is the is the one of the greatest passages that I know about this notion because John says that he's writing so that the people he's writing to might have fellowship with the Father, just like the apostles do, just like John does. Mm. And he says, um, we have this fellowship, and I'm writing to you so you might have this fellowship with the Father, and so that your joy might be complete and so the notion of joy and fellowship goes together when you're in fellowship you're in the joy of the lord <laughs> and you you get along and you know you, you you we even say we enjoy one another um when, yeah. when we are in fellowship but then but john keeps going he says if you if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Mm. And, and so, notice he's piled three pictures up in a row: fellowship, joy, and light. And and that's those are those should be the things that you, we're thinking about when we think about fellowship uh, with one another and our families, fellowship with God, fellowship with one another, fullness of joy, and light. Um, and but he but notice what he says: if we walk in the light, as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And this is the place where John is recognizing it's not always all light.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> and he says, um, you know, if if um, if we if we say that we are in the light, um, but we are walking um, in the darkness, um, then the truth is not in us. We're 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 liars um, because God is all light and um, and that's why he's full of fellowship and full of joy. There's no darkness in him at all.
0: Mm.
1: And so the thing that breaks up fellowship is sin. That's Fundamentally, that's what breaks up fellowship. And so John goes on to say, um, um, he, he, he said, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, you have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And then the question is, is well, how does the blood of Jesus cleanse us from all sin, we, if we, if we admit, yeah, you're right, I have sin. Well, he goes on in verse 9 to say, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So the way that we deal with sin, darkness in our life, is through confession and forgiveness. And um, and so, um, you know, most impasses um, that, that happen between a married couple really come down to sin. Um, sin um, on one part, Party or the other, or often sin on both parts. Somebody sins, and then somebody sins back, and then there you are. Mm. Um, And and so the the fundamental way that you stay in the light, which is to say, stay in fellowship, is by applying the blood of Jesus every time there's any sin.
0: Every time, yes.
1: And and you want to make it. um, Jesus gives us images of this in in the Gospels and elsewhere in the Scriptures. Talk about you, you. uh, you want to confess your sins um, as fast as you possibly can, um, and and you know Jesus says if you bring a gift to the altar, leave it, go be reconciled to your brother. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's you know it'd be better to be late for church uh, than yes. than to, than to go to church out of fellowship with your spouse. So I I sometimes in uh, premarital counseling with couples, I'll I'll tell them you know the devil likes to get into things at the most inopportune moments. And and he will tempt you to let something go um, when you really must not. And, I said, and so the example mm-hmm. I always give is, is this one. I say, you're going to be pulling up to church and you'll be in the church parking lot. And one of you is going to say something you shouldn't have. And there's people walking by your car and they're waving and smiling and you're all dressed up and ready to go into yep. church. And I said, the temptation is to let that sin Sit there, but Jesus says, "Leave your gift at the altar. First, be reconciled to your brother, then go off for your gift." Mm. Um, that means that you must not go into church out of fellowship. You you must get back into fellowship before you go back into church. Otherwise, you're lying. You're being a, yeah. you're being a hypocrite.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. What about um, the uh, um? first mover here if if a husband and wife it, it is it kind of the husband's responsibility to make sure that his 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 home life is running smooth i know it's the wife's too don't get me wrong but yeah. is is there kind of an ordering here
1: yeah it, it, the the thing that is sometimes confusing for us is since we're not used to thinking in very covenantal terms right um it's it's not um it's not either or, but it's both and right, so you should always think about these responsibilities as overlapping, and so both the husband and the wife before God have a direct responsibility to deal with their sin as fast as they can right so there's a sense in which when something's out of whack, both of you should be running back towards one another as fast as you can, trying to you know outdo one another and you know confess your sin first
0: mm-hmm.
1: but Yes, absolutely. On top of that, those individual responsibilities, the husband is given particular responsibility um, for caring for um, his wife's spiritual state um, as well as the spiritual state of his children. Um, Ephesians five and Ephesians six make this very, very clear. Um, So, so yes, I would say both and. And so, you both should be running as quickly as you can. But the husband has an additional responsibility before God to make sure that. The sun doesn 't go down on any anger um, that there's that you give no place for the devil that you um, that you you deal with sin right away and you stay in fellowship. I always also point out to couples that um, there is um just because you 're both Christians and you love the lord and and even when you 've confessed all your sins that doesn 't mean that you will always completely agree about every little thing correct and and that is not. Um, it's not wrong to have a different perspective. Um, the problem is is when you hold that perspective and then you hit your spouse over the head with the different perspective you, bet. you know? um, <laughs> so if you've dealt with all the sin and you really are back in fellowship and you have a clean heart before God, there's no resentment, no bitterness, no angst at all this this The clouds are all gone it's 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 sunny and clear blue skies, you might still occasionally have a difference of perspective. And this is where um, you, um, the wife is to give all her input to her husband and say, this is my perspective. And the husband should make sure that he could repeat back to his wife in a way that she agrees with her, Mm. her, her perspective. And then having done that, he's responsible to also share his perspective. And then he's responsible to lead his family forward. Amen. And so that can be done. That's done so long as the. So long as everybody's in fellowship, um, you can have strong opinions, have even good, vigorous discussions that are friendly. um, So long as everybody knows the the rules of the game.
0: Our guest today has been Toby Sumter. He's a pastor, and he writes the blog "Having Two Legs." I love that phrase, and he's uh, part of the Cross Politic podcast. If someone would like to look you up online, Toby, where can they go?
1: Yeah, you can find me at um, my my name, tobyjsumter.com, which is where the blog is, and there's some links there to some of the other things I'm doing. And then crosspolitik.com would be the website for the podcast.
0: This is very refreshing. We started talking about the verse in Malachi, how that The Lord turns the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Toby, God bless you, my dear brother, and may he bless you in in your preaching and your writing and your blogging (laughs) and your family. And thanks for joining us today.
1: Thanks so much, Dan.
0: Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.